Welcome to GA1, everything you want to know about adventure racing and then some. I'm your host, the legendary, and one other thing, Randy Erickson. Uh, First of all, thank everybody for all the birthday wishes. I guess it's a little petty, but it sure is fun to get all all those and see who uh, has time to say hello. Next, um, I think maybe most of you know this, but maybe not all of you, the uh, North American Adventure Race, North American Adventure Race, NARS, NARS has done a lot of new things with um, series. Uh, trying to push the sport with some different things. Um, we're going to have Doug Kreitzer on soon to talk about all that. But they did come out Saturday, I believe it was, Friday, last week, with the inaugural Hall of Fame. Um, It included, let's see, Robin Benacasa, Daniel Ballengee, Mike Clozier, Michael Tobin, Ian Adamson, uh, Michael Epstein, race director, Scott Pleban, Mark Barnett, and Team Nike, and the one... We're not sure why is on the list is uh, the legendary Randy Erickson. That would be me. Quite, uh, I'm in under there under media. Don't get me mixed up for a racer, but uh, pretty cool actually. Um, I do like adventure racing and um, doing what I can. So thank you for that. Uh, I don't know if it'll be what will be coming up with that if anything and um, I think uh, there will be additions regularly I guess we'll see when the next one is probably yearly would be my guess so big deal thank you Um, other than that we're kind of um, in the winter doldrums doldrums other than the bunch of teams getting ready for God's Zone should be uh looks like a good race a lot of good teams a little light on the international scene but um i think a lot of people kind of shot their wad so to speak at uh xpd and world championships so it's not like they didn't fill fill the field so we will be dot watching that coming up uh three weeks or so um that's it i guess we'll uh finish this off for the night I have Jimmy and Stevie helping me here and that's it so go fast take chances and thank you North American Adventure Racing Series um, bye hey Steve hello Randy how are you hey good I'm gonna I'm gonna turn off the video because we usually get better audio that way okay or you did good you didn't need to see me any anyway. <laughs> so. All right. Just let me add in Helen. Oh, good. Let's see if this works. Can you see that? I hear you, but I don't hear her. Oh, yep, I see her. Hi. Um, Hi. Uh, you're... Hello, can you hear me now? Yes, I can. So, we are uh, technology-driven. 
Isn't it nice? We're in three <laughs> different places. That's pretty cool, hey? It is. So, I'm in South Dakota. Where are you guys at? Uh, we're both, both in Brisbane, just different parts of Brisbane, Australia. Uh, so, but, and where are you uh, at, Randy? Um, in western South Dakota. So, I always tell people if you know if you've ever seen a picture of Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. I'm about uh, 30k from there. So, I actually live. We have a really nice log home in the middle of the woods. So. Oh. Nice, but it'd be pretty it cool is. at this time of year, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was about um, 50 Fahrenheit today, so it's not bad, but two weeks ago it was below zero, so we get we get big swings of weather here. I suppose it was about 30 for you guys there today, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, so... Where should we start? I know where I want to start. You're moving to China? Oh, that's me. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. So at the end of, at the end of last year, I, uh, I left my job, and uh, my next adventure is to head to China for, well, six months, maybe more, just to, just to learn the culture and um, come up with a new, a new plan to make money. No. Oh, so... Is this like an early midlife crisis? <laughs> it could, it could be, it could be. <laughs> I'm, I, I hope I'm, I'm still coming back. I'm not leaving, and uh, and hopefully some adventure racing too. No, is that you kind of want to do that? Do some of the China races? Uh, yes, yes. I actually met the um, the X Trail Chinese team just briefly at XPD, and um, yeah. I've started to email them. I'd like to do some of their races, possibly the China Expedition, but. Um, but uh, no, I, no, I haven't organized that yet. But um, wait till I get there, and we'll see. Yeah. So what? What's new in your world, Helen? <laughs> what's new me? Well, I'm just sending the kids back to school next week, so I can actually do some work to uh, and more training. I've been having holidays all this last couple of months. So you, you're probably really ready for them to go back to school. I bet. Oh, I quite enjoy the holidays with them, but kind of have to go back to do some work so I can pay for all these fun activities. <laughs> well, there is there's that part. Um, so this is a – okay, I'm known for stupid questions, and, and I don't think you'll have an answer for this, but what's it like having Christmas in the summer? Do you <laughs> ever want – let me rephrase. Do you ever want to have Christmas in the cold, or is it we just so – Normal well, for you guys, Randy. We've we've both lived in the northern hemisphere, so we've actually we've actually had both. Um, okay. I think that uh, I I used to live in in northern Canada, and um, I think there's something special about a cold white Christmas. But uh, at the same time, you know, we just head to the beach and and uh, and and it's it's you know it's just Christmas. It's still Christmas. It just doesn't feel like Christmas for you northern hemisphere people. Yeah. Well, I I understand that I'm an idiot, so. But, I I well, spent Christmas Day scuba diving with my kids on an island off Bali. <laughs> oh, so, well, so you just had the normal traditional Christmas. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we we had 
We had fried rice on a little Indonesian boat off some island for Christmas lunch. Oh. Doesn't uh, sound that bad, actually. It's actually uh, good to do it a bit different sometimes. Yeah. And here, well, here it's kind in, of funny to go. Go ahead. Sorry, here in Brisbane, we uh, we we did a park run. I did a park run, a five k run at seven a.m. on Christmas Day. There was about I don't know five six hundred people there. Yeah. Well, so you it, it's just it's the way it is, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I'm looking here, and I got you know monitors up, and and right underneath the Skype box, is, I have a picture of Sydney Harbor, and I didn't even notice it when we were there, but it's this big Santa Claus made out of milk crates, about 20 feet high, about 10 feet square. So I I still have Christmas on my computer. <laughs> long gone. That's long gone for us. Yeah, I guess. It kind of is. Maybe I should change it, but I kind, I kind of like. I have two monitors. One is a team crossing the tidal pool, an aerial shot, and the other one's Sydney Harbour. So I'm uh, still missing Australia. So what did you do in Northern Canada, Steve? We'll get to adventure racing eventually. So <laughs> I, I um, up until last last week, I used to work for a mining company. So. Um, they sent me over there to, to be general manager of a coal mine up in uh, northeast BC. So I spent a couple of years in Vancouver, Canada, and then um, two or three years up in the Rockies. Uh, there's an area of British Columbia that's east of the Rockies that's um, still part of British Columbia. So, so basically, it's on the Alaska Highway up near mile zero. I spent three, three years up there, three cold winters. Yeah, so you've served your time. Well, see... Where I'm at, I'm close to, we're right almost on the Wyoming border, so we're near the the Gillette area coal mine, so there's a little coal mining around here. Yes, yes, there's some big coal mines out there. It is. Um, all right, ladies first, how did you become an adventure racer? Well, ultimately <laughs> it's got to be from... Tiger Adventure, Trevor Mullins, he's the one that actually got us into this. But we had started to do a few of the row games and um, doing that sort of stuff. And we met Trevor when we were testing out some lights and that's kind of how we got into it. But that was last year was the first year of adventure racing. So you you were stalked by Trevor also. I'm, yeah. I'm noticing a pattern of people being stalked by Trevor. He he has this amazing enthusiasm, and he manages to persuade you to do something you don't really know what you've got yourself in for. But <laughs> but it's a whole heap of fun. So when he, when he's trying to convince you to become an adventure racer, does he? tell you how much fun it would be or how hard it would be a bit of both <laughs> and he doesn't tell you yeah. how much it will cost yeah he, <laughs> he leaves out the fact the cost factor but he organizes so many great training fun activities locally and we joined well i we both joined quite a few of those activities and I was like, well, if this is what it's like to do the adventure racing, this is great fun. This is 
really good. I'm enjoying this. So I guess it didn't take much persuasion. And he he's so enthusiastic and so excited and passionate about it. It kind of just rubs off on you. Well, it does. Just from being around him and talking to him a few times, it's he's a quite the ambassador for the sport. We we at Randy we were um we we were tossing up whether to to compete together in the the uh, World Rogaine Champs in um, Alice Springs in 2016, and we'd done a couple of Rogaines together, Helen and I, and they were pretty disastrous, but we had lots of fun. And 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 we we actually were we started orienteering. I was doing orienteering, and then we heard about this Rogaine, and then. Um, we met Trevor, and Trevor said, "You should, you know, we we decided that there's no way we could compete in a world championships of rogaining." And um, mm -hmm. Trevor, Trevor said, "Of course you can." And then he started talking about XPD and the world championships, and we started to go kayaking a bit. And and we we never thought we would be in a world championship. And then and then and then in the end, I said I'd do it. I thought, why not? Never done a world championship before. Why not do two different world championships in the one year? Two different disciplines. Yeah representing two different countries. <laughs> so we represented the UK. We both have British passports, so we represented the UK in the in the row gaining just for fun. And then next thing you know, Trevor convinced Helen to join in, so we ended up just doing XPD. And so um you know that was twelve months before, probably less than twelve months before the race, we we uh did a we decided we were gonna do adventure racing. So oh, what was go ahead. So I just, I just realized we, we actually together, we did one of these six-hour or four-hour Paddy Palins in Australia, and it was in Sydney, and we'd never heard of one, and I think Helen found a brochure for it, and we traveled to Sydney, and we, this is before we met Trevor, and we did this one race, and mm -hmm. we hadn't paddled ever um, <laughs> together, and we hadn't paddled for since high school probably. And we did the little rogan at the start, and we probably there's probably 50 teams, 50 pairs, and we got in the water in about 10th position, and we had to paddle eight kilometres, and we dropped to about 10th from the back of the field by the end of it, and we just realised that we couldn't even paddle eight kilometres. So, and then Helen, then we did some canyoning, and then and then Helen threw up, and then we did a run, and then we did bike riding, and it was just a complete disaster, but 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 we loved it. So. I guess we did a little mini adventure race on our own before even Tiger, but um, we had no we had no grand plans. So, what is it with adventure racers? And I ask this of a lot of people because you really that first little you know mini adventure race. It doesn't sound like it was that much fun yet. Here you are. It's like doing it again. How, why? Why do you think you have that in your head or? What is that in your head that makes you do that? Helen? We we make I, we, I think we both we both make the most of anything. And you know, yeah. we in that first adventure race, well let's talk about our Rogaine first of all. We did this nighttime Rogaine, our first ever Rogaine. We'd we'd only ever done this forty minute night orienteering. So we've got this crazy nighttime orienteering here in Brisbane where once a week we run around the suburbs and just do checkpoints. And we did this Rogaine and it was this eight hour Rogaine starting at midnight and we had no idea what to do. 
And and we took off into the bush, and it took us like an hour to find our first checkpoint, which was just 500 meters away, because we thought <laughs> that the checkpoints would be reflective, because when we night orienteering, they were reflective. And um, we got totally lost, and and we even we even resorted to trying to cheat with Google Maps, but we had no phone reception. So, <laughs> but you know, at the end of the day, we spent eight hours in the bush going somewhere that we would never go before. We'd never. <laughs> We didn't even know that, you know, spiders' eyes glowed in the dark at nighttime, reflected. And and e even in Paddy Palin, we went up a canyon and we jumped into water and it was just an area that we would never have seen. And and we of course we love the outdoors and we love hiking. So I think I think I speak for both of us that it's just it's just the chance to go somewhere different and you know that, you know, someone's got your back. If things go really bad, then you know at least someone's there to, to kind of rescue you at the end hmm. yeah well at least they know you're out there i like the varied challenges too it's not just the same and that's what's nice about the adventure racing you're just about exhausted from your kayak and then you're ready to hop on a bike and you're fresh and you're excited because it's something new and then by the end of the bike leg you're ready to run because you've been on a bike and so I like the variety and the countryside that it takes you. XPD was just the, a great example of the beautiful countryside that you can cross and the di different variety that you can travel through. Yeah, I think that's, that's really that's one thing. You know if you go to a race, you are going to go to the really coolest spots imaginable, right? Yeah, certainly right. do. You certainly go where people don't normally travel to. Yeah. So, did either one of you have any kind of a, or what was your sporting background before rogue gaining and adventure racing? I've I've always done anything I can. Try. I love the outdoors, and I love all kinds of sports and. I've always been outdoor, but n nothing seriously, like nothing quite to this level. But I've always, if there's a hike to go on, I always like to do it or a bike ride or a anything. I'm always up for trying something. So I just like to do anything that's in the outdoors and something of a challenge is always good fun. And and I'm, I'm the same. I, I was a runner. Just distance running, but never, never seriously. Just a, just a few marathons, and I got sick of running on the road, and that was it. So neither of us has a sports background really, other than just enjoying it. Yeah, just that outdoors, which is which is not a bad background to have. Is just that outdoors background kind of generalization of of your stuff. Um, so what what's for each of you, I'll start with you, Helen. What's what's your favorite discipline then, now in adventure racing? Um, I I don't know if I have a favorite. I like the variety. I like that you can change because if you spent like the whole time just doing one discipline, I don't think I could spend eight days just running. You know that. I would get sick of it, but I like the variety and I like the new things, but there isn't really one that I really love more than any well, other. Well, let me ask, yeah, let me ask you this way. What do you train 
doing the most and what's your least favorite thing to train? It's the hardest is the kayak to train, although we went kayaking early this morning. But that's the <laughs> hardest because you've got to get – I can go for a run just from my house or I can get on yeah. my bike and go from the house anytime. So those two are much easier, but the kayak is hard to organize. You've got to – there's a little bit more involved to do that. So I guess I don't do that as often as I do the others. No, no. And how about you, Steve? Oh, I, I, my favorite discipline was would be running, but um, I never never quite got my XPD team to run. So um, <laughs> I, I, I guess I like the bikes because you just travel further. I like you know it's faster and you get to see more, and the navigation is is easier because um, I nav. But my, my you know my favorite discipline in XPD was actually um, the hiking, the, the the big hike that we did, and just just being away from anything. We were just in the middle of nowhere, I, and I guess the teams in front of us probably ran it, but we didn't. It was a hike for us. Well, I was up there with a few teams, and I didn't see very many running where I was. So we'll we'll see. Yeah, maybe some did. So well, let's let's get to XPD. So. You guys were one of the Tiger teams, right? Yes. Yeah. What What were you expecting from all those teams when you met up with everybody? What, I mean, I don't even remember whether there were 15 Tiger teams or more. Or did, did you kind of expect what was happening, or was it kind of cool to see all you guys in your uniforms? Well, it's actually nice to see the teams, and we had done a lot of training with them, and it with a with I'm uh, not all of them, but when you know some of the people, it's kind of nice to think that you can cross paths with them during the race, and you know, just a bit of friendly rivalry. If although we didn't end up crossing paths with too many of our tiger teams in the end, but in previous races we've done that. It's really nice to see a team that you know that you've been training with mm -hmm. yeah do it make it a little um less intimidating to to have all your friends there so to so to speak well i i guess i mean at the start like helen said we didn't really meet any other teams on xpd but but at least we knew that you know the teams were within our league at least we knew they weren't all going to be um you know, they weren't all going to just run off and never see them again. So it was it was good to know that there were people that were ordinary like us rather than mm -hmm. Seagate. Yeah. So, so the, the, it, t this is the simple way. Tell me about your eight days of racing. <laughs> then I can just kind of sit here and listen. I don't have to ask questions now. <laughs> what is what was your question? What did you say? Tell me you? about, yeah, tell me about eight days of racing. I want to hear all about your race. Are you mm. going to go first, Steve? Oh, oh, oh okay. Just, we'll, we'll alternate. How about that? Yeah, we, alternate we, legs and we'll go through the whole race. <laughs> okay, we'll start with, a, well, if we can remember, because it was a few weeks ago. We started off with a paddle where 99 approximate teams lined up on the beach and we were all arguing over crappy boats and <laughs> and and kayaking is not our, not well not Helen and I's strength our other two teammates so Hugh and Derek were much stronger with with paddling 
but um, we'd done one paddle um, out near Brisbane as a multi-day paddle, but we, we hadn't really done, we've never done anything like 185 kilometres. So we took off and we actually did okay. We were in the middle of the pack, um, but we, we were dropping back, dropping back, and it was just, the paddle was nice. It was very spectacular. Um, it was just, it was just slow. It was just paddling. It was just, it was just in the heat, and um, we were we were we were around plenty of other teams. We we came in somewhere in the last third, pretty uneventful, and but uh, yeah. you know it wasn't it wasn't challenging. You could see everybody all the time. So the first leg was pretty pretty quick. But does that kind of um, kind of give you a little? Mental, not maybe not boost is the right word, but re, but you get in the paddle and you realize you know you're not good paddlers. That's kind of what you said, but you do you do okay. You're not the worst one. It's, it's kind of got to feel good, right? Yeah, that's right. I think this, the ocean kayak was so spectacular. It's just beautiful to be in the ocean, and it was a lovely day. And the only thing for me, I felt at the end of it was what seven hours or something we did. Um, kayaking at the end of that I was exhausted and I'm thinking oh my goodness I've got I've done leg one and we have eight more days of this <laughs> how am I gonna last this is I'm absolutely exhausted ready to just finish now <laughs> well how do you how do you deal with that then if I mean it sounds silly, but um, what do you think, tell yourself? Just I one, think one, I just do the next was one? like how I have to pace myself, and there's so many exciting legs that we have coming up. So just focus on the now and each section as you go, and don't think too far ahead. I think just enjoy the moment that you're in and and do that. Did you did you guys? Think of that beforehand, not to, not to think of eight days of racing, but to, but to think of it at yeah one, one section at a time. Or did is, did you have to learn that during the race? I think I think you need to know that you know, we were a complete rookie team. Not one of us had done anything. We'd never done an adventure race a year before, and we'd only done we'd done the Geocrest full forty eight, but not as a team. So as a team, we'd never done more than 36 hours, and none of us had done anything like that. So our goal was, our goal, we all agreed at the start, was to, was to finish fully ranked and to do all the checkpoints. So mm-hmm. um, we didn't really know how that was going to happen, and we had, we had the other Tiger teams to help us, but we didn't know how to prepare, and we didn't know what was going to happen. But we'd, we'd, over the last year, we'd, we'd always finished the courses, pretty much and we'd always just kept going and we'd always drop to the back early on but we'd always just kept going so we we were just going to keep going uh, you know uh, after after the first leg we you know we didn't I don't think I mean we actually we ended up losing track of days we didn't have no idea once we got into it but I don't think it was too daunting we, we were never going to quit and, and I'm, this will come up later but we there was no way that we were ever going to quit and not finish that course that's yeah. just who we Which, are? Yeah, I mean, and that's that's half the battle, right? Just just telling yourself we're going to finish. That's right. So we finished the kayak. We were feeling all right. We were, we took way too long in transition. We always do. 
and you know, then we set off on the on the beach and for a run along the beach. That was really nice. That beach at sunset. It was just a lovely. Once you got into it, it was just a really nice hike, and we probably should have run a bit more on that, as Steve said. But it was just a really nice hike along along the beach, and it was a good way to move after the kayak. Yeah. Did you guys have a schedule? Um, you know, you know, you needed to you know hit hit the checkpoints, the CPs, a certain amount of time. And, yeah, and 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 then knowing that, yes, you could just move at a good pace along the beach. You didn't really have to run. Yes, so. we did have a schedule. We had a time frame which we worked out what time we needed to be to be able to finish without being short coursed. That's mm-hmm. kind of what we had worked out. Yeah. Okay, so we run along the beach. You get another little kayak. How was that? We we didn't run along the beach much as we wanted to, and I didn't want to get my feet wet because I was paranoid that by the end of eight days, after watching, and I know everyone says this, after watching Eco Challenge years ago, I knew that everyone's feet would be blistered. So we took we took ages, and we got to the kayak, and we were probably third last team. And so by that time, we didn't the, the, we had the worst boats, and they they didn't have any handles on them so we couldn't connect our seats because we did buy seats because we realized that we were going to spend a lot of time on kayaks and we jumped into a gale my word that it was it was an absolute gale it was late at night it was dark and we went straight into a headwind that would have been i don't know 40 50 knot winds coming straight at us and we got about 20 meters off the but by now there were three of us on the on the big yellow one and helen was on her own at the back and I was at the front and every single wave just smashed me in the face and I couldn't open my eyes and I was supposed to be navigating and I couldn't see a thing. And we paddled, we changed our plan and we, we headed for to try and get in the lee of, of, the, of the bay and, and stick near the edge where there was less wind. But eventually we just had to make a break for it. And we paddled for, I don't know, two hours into a headwind. And we overtook, at one point we overtook another team that I'm pretty sure was going backwards in the wind. And we were barely moving, and we had no reference because all we could see was five kilometers in the distance, one one beacon, and we could see lots of other teams, and it looked like nobody was going anywhere, and that was just yeah. a monotonous. And and Helen told me something this morning I didn't realize because she was in the back on her own. Hey, Helen. Yeah, I this this leg for me was one of the hardest legs for me. I was in the back, and he, so I was following connected to their boat because a lot of boats were getting separated so we connected mm-hmm. the boat so we definitely wouldn't be separated and um, our teammate Hugh that was behind with every paddle he was flicking seaweed up into my face <laughs> on my head on my lap like and I was so so cold and I didn't have any of the maps because I wasn't in and I actually had no idea how long that paddle leg was going to be. And that was the hardest thing because I was so cold I could hardly hold my paddle. And I'm thinking, is this going to be a 12-hour paddle or is it a 16-hour paddle? How long and where were we even going? So 
and I couldn't talk to them because they couldn't hear me in the wind and the gale. So I was just sitting on my own, singing a few songs, <laughs> just trying to focus to get through and wondering how long it would be till I would get to the, the place to stop. Yeah. Well, that's, I think, one thing about adventure racing is you never, I mean, you can, you can get an idea how long a stage is going to take you, but but it's not like you're running a marathon, you know how far you're going to go. Or So I think that is a very hard mental thing to do, right, to to not know. Yeah, it, it was. I do like to know where we are, and I like to look at a map and do, but um, that I wasn't really part of the navigation on this, and so it was really hard to know what progress we were making, and obviously it was taking a lot longer than what we anticipated for this section due to the conditions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it's, it seems like, and I'm just kind of finding this out in the last few weeks and talking to people, that paddle, on paper, it, it was like, it looked like, oh, you're just this little transition to get across here. But it sounds like it turned out to be really hard for a lot of people. I, sus I suspect that the wind picked up in the evening. I don't know what the front yeah. teams had, but we we really – if it was any stronger, we would not have been able to paddle. It was it was touch and go in the middle. And, and and when we got to the checkpoint, there was half of the team was there trying to find their other half of their team, you know. And, yeah. and, and by, even by then – and this is where some positives came in is that we were cold. We were really cold at that transition, and we were really slow and – but we, or teams were already pulling out, and this became a bit of a theme for us: is that, that we started to overtake teams because they were pulling out. Mm -hmm. So, so next under the bike, good chance to get warmed up. Yes, well, it was still dark, and um, it was still dark, and and so we we made a decision not to sleep that night, and our plan was not to sleep until sunset that day. So, um, yeah, Helen, do you want to talk about the bike? <laughs> the bike? I was so excited to get on the bike. It was really good, and I was so happy to ride and just felt so good. I was warm again, and I'm, like, loving it. But we made a uh, probably not the best navigational choice of routes you should talk about the map choice steve what explain that so this is where we started to get our followers on 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 dot watching that we didn't know about obviously but when we because we only had two hours to 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 plan the route there was this yeah. one bit where we we've learned over the last year try and pick the better roads you can you can take the the, the little tracks but it's just usually we wanted to play it safe this is what went through my mind when we were planning play it safe take the bigger road there's a bigger road on the map that heads to the north leads to the checkpoint and i remember derek who was the, the the backup nav second nav and he said to me can you sure you can get through to the checkpoint at the end because there was this black line and we looked at it and we looked at it and we were convinced i was convinced that it was a track it turns out it was a it was a boundary and it didn't exist so we yeah. went for four hours in one direction. Now, there were there were tire marks. Other teams had gone that way. And I should say this now, we were not lost once. We knew exactly where we were on that map nearly all the time. 
-hmm. we got four hours very close to the next checkpoint and we just couldn't get through. We got to the end of the road and the track just ended at a little bridge overgrown. And I knew that it was four hours back and I knew that we were less than a kilometer from the checkpoint and I knew that we were at approximately the right altitude. And so <laughs> we, we made a decision to try and bush bash it. To try and, we, we actually followed a track that was a surveyed mark past where every other team had turned around. And we could see blazings on the trees and we could see tape in the trees and there was obviously an old track there. And at one point we made, we had a group meeting and we decided that we were going to go off the map because mm -hmm. there was, there was a, we were trying to head southwest and there was a, we were on a road going west and there was a road going south. And we figured if we kept going, they would meet up and we could get to the checkpoint. And we went for another 20 minutes off the map. Uh, and, um, in the end we had to turn around and come back. Now, I've gone back and looked at that in the, in the past and we were probably 100 meters away from a boundary that if we'd have come out of the forest, we would have seen it and we were 20 minutes from the checkpoint at the most. But we then spent at least four hours going back and going the right way. And so it was a bit unfortunate. It was very unfortunate because it put us pretty much at the very back of, of the mm -hmm. pack on day two in the daytime. So we um, arrived at the crazy hiker bike down the cliff um, pretty close towards sunset, sun was setting, and we, we actually caught up with another team who got in the way, um, the New Zealand team who we kept following for the rest of the race. Uh, that was just, They actually got in the way of us and slowed us down, which annoyed us. And uh, from then on, we did okay, but the problem was we got to the TA um, at the end, and it was absolutely chucking down with rain. Now, I don't know any other team that's talked about this rain. I think this must have been isolated to us and the other teams that were there. It was so heavy by the time we got to this little transition area with tennis courts and some sports centre. Yeah. We had to just change all of our clothes. We, we had to sleep inside because it was just torrential. There was no point continuing. And we slept for a few hours. Um, and, um, and, and this comes in later on because we, we didn't have many clothes in this bag and we had no other choice than to change them. So we got changed into dry clothes and we slept until sunrise about I don't know, three hours and then and then we set off on the hike along the beach Helen yeah I actually on that bike leg though I did enjoy the hiker bike even though I thought oh my goodness this is crazy off the side of the cliff I did really enjoy that but as Steve said when the rain came it was so hard to ride and torrential rain in the middle of the night that, mm -hmm. that was definitely a hard but once we started the um, trek, the co-steering, that next part, that was really good. I really enjoyed this section. This so, is the section. Go on, Randy. Yeah, go ahead. I no, I was going to say, yeah, that was a really nice, nice little, pretty beautiful spot. This was um, this was the bit where we first met the locals. So. As we came into the town at the end of the of the coast bearing, we um we were offered to come to a party. <laughs> so we walked down <laughs> the street, and there were these three women that were drinking, and they're like, "What are you doing this for? This is ridiculous. Come stay at our place. We're having a party. We're going to have some drinks. You can come and stay. We've got plenty of rooms." <laughs> and uh, we were like, "No, no, this is serious. We've got to catch up with that team in front of us." 
And so, um, but but we got we got to the transition area, and this is where we had to do a very long hike, and it was tidal. Sorry, a very long paddle, and it was tidal, and we were at the mouth of some river and by a big bridge, and we got there, and there were no tents set up, and they told us that all the tents had blown away. So that wind that we were paddling in had completely just blown away all the tents, and so yeah. the tide had just turned against us, and it was once again another fifty knot gale blowing into us. So um, the rest of the team voted that we were going to go get burgers and chips. So we walked across the bridge and we had fish and chip, burgers and chips. <laughs> and then we came back. And this is where, we shouldn't tell stories, but this is where the X-Trail, the Chinese team, we turn up at the TA and they've got beers. Someone's brought them beers mm -hmm. and food. And so here we are huddled on the grass, like trying to eat cold food. And the, oh, we've got burgers, but we the, the other team has got beers, and that didn't seem fair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so, but we all hung well, it down. All, all the team, all the teams there, just there were about four teams there, and we all just went to sleep on the grass because there was there was no tent, and there was no point paddling into that wind and that and that current. So we slept there till yeah. the tide turned at about eleven p.m. Yeah. Well, um, you could have done what the BMX BMX bandits did. They went over to the camper park, rented a cabin and uh, ordered pizzas and had a couple hours sleep and waited for the tide. That's a we, good idea. We should have done something like that. <laughs> we actually considered yeah. going back to the party <laughs> just down the road. <laughs> yeah. But we didn't. We didn't. And we got yeah. up and we weren't, we weren't last. We were about third last when we set out on the, on, the, on the kayak leg. And the kayak leg was really good at the start because it was just dead flat. And whilst and the wind had gone, and the tide had just turned, and it turned out the navigating was super easy at night time because every time you went past one flashing boy, you could see another one in the distance, and all you had to do was line up the, the red and green boys, and, and the navigating was particularly easy, and the paddling was particularly slow and long, and it, we just paddled for hours up that creek, and it got really, really cold. Yeah. Were you guys able, I mean, I've, I know some of the teams on that paddle had a real hard time, even on that one, trying to stay awake how were you guys did, did, you obviously had some sleep before so not an issue well the sun at least we got sunrise so we got sunrise about an hour before we got to the ta so i, I guess maybe two hours before so once the sun came up obviously that's easy then yeah how, i always how... find the hour before the sunrise the hardest hour that's my hardest whatever kayak or mountain bike the hour before no matter even if you've had it some sleep that is my really hard time to stay awake yeah well i was going to ask you is that i mean how good is that feeling when you've been paddling or running or anything all night and all of a sudden you know just you start to see that glow in the east and you know the sun's coming and suddenly you feel awake again. It's amazing how you could go all night and then the sun comes up and you feel so good and it's you're ready to go for the day again. It's, it, it's a good... That sun is a good thing. Yeah. And it feels good. So then next was... Yeah, was that another another long mountain bike? Pretty, pretty straightforward, wasn't it, other than hard? Well, um... First of all, we, we found out that another um, another couple of teams had dropped off, so we were we were quickly heading up into the into like 90th position. Um, 
people had broken bones and there were people looking for teammates and and we um we were slow but at least there were still four or so other teams around us and we set off on the bike leg and um we kind of just biked up a hill now we we made one mistake on this we actually caught up with other teams we were doing really well and we decided to change our strategy to um to stop for a few minutes every hour and then not stop any other time because we were quite bad at just fidgeting with stuff and wanting to get stuff out of our packs so we caught up with teams and we i did i made a nav error here that but at least it was about half an hour we went slightly the wrong way but um but the contours were wrong and we turned around and came back and it was much easier the way we should have gone but but it wasn't it wasn't too hard we ended up we ended up completely overtaking the Chinese team. I don't know how we did that. And we all ended up at the TA before the hike, before the big hike from memory, um, yeah. just before sunset. So we just had enough time to, um, to, to get out of our clothes, to change, have something to eat. We had lots of food. We had so much food on this race. And we always had hot meals available to us in those, in those dry packs. So we had a hot meal and then we decided I think to have like an hour's sleep it had already got dark and we decided may as well we've missed the light get an hour's sleep and then we'll head off on this massive hike hmm. did I miss anything Helen no I think that what you were saying about our strategy for having like a, a four-minute stop every hour really worked well for our team it gave us something to look forward to and in that four minutes that you stop, that's when you take off a layer, put on a layer, go to the toilet, have something to eat. That was your time. Just and we just, it really helped to motivate us to keep going and give us the steps to go forward. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, it can be. I, I, I think racers know this, but you can waste a lot of time, ninety seconds at a time, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And we were wasting lots of 90 seconds. Yeah. yeah. So how did the hike go for you then once you got started on it? Well, we left. We left when we got up after an hour. So the team that we called the old guys, sorry guys, the, the, the New Zealand team that was, that was around us, yep. they left exactly the same time as us. And we got our first tick. So one of our teammates had a tick in his leg. So we had to stop and attend to that. And uh, and the Chinese team was was in bed in the tent, and um, yeah, I don't I don't know what happened. I think that might have been the last time we ever saw them. I know, yeah, maybe the last time. Um, so we took off on the hike, and there were at least three teams around us, and we got to the start of the hike really, where you had to go through this campground, and we couldn't find. There were three teams, and we couldn't find the path. Which and because by now we're really we're all tired. It's 11 o'clock at night on the, I don't know, the third night or something. And we just couldn't. And in the end, you had to cross the creek. It was so easy. If, now, this is one of the things with expedition races. We learned that, you know, for some people, bits are really easy. And for other people, bits are really hard. It just depends on the tide, on the wind, and on the light. So for us, it was tricking all these teams. And aren't we lost about half an hour not noticing that you crossed the creek. As soon as we crossed the creek, that was easy. And, of course, yeah. um, you know, then, then we helped other teams because we we showed them the way which is what we came yeah. to keep doing we hiked up up to the top of the caves we we walked um we walked through the old guys that were passed out asleep on the path 
and um, we got up the top and it was raining, it was cold, and it was raining and we tried to climb into a cave and the first three caves we came to were already taken by, <laughs> by adventure races and eventually we found our own, eventually we found our own cave and uh, for me I think that was the highlight where the four of us actually crawled into a cave just like, you know, just like you see on the movies. We, we slept in mm -hmm. a cave for a few hours. It was cool. Yeah. So, was your navigating okay in the dark up there? I mean, I actually was on that trail. I went up it twice, and it was a little tricky even in the daylight. So, how did how was it for you in the dark? We we didn't have any trouble. In fact, that whole hike leg. So, I mean, no, it was the dark was fine, and we we but we had two or three hours of sleep in the cave. And got up at first light, and then and then we went through the the main part of the hike and. Um, we didn't have any trouble. Now, I can understand why people got lost, but we had the benefit of being able to look at the the contours of the hills in the distance, so we could take bearings. Not Well, you know, we could, I could see what was going on in yeah. the distance. So we got all the way yeah. through that really easy. And it, But because we were at the very back now, um, there was plenty of the paths had been trodden down, but there was also plenty of people that had walked off in the wrong direction. So... Um, the only tricky part for us was somewhere in the middle where we ended up in some swamp and, and the, the, the map, the track did not go as per the map. But we ended up, um, we ended up at some little fire pit and we, we had a bit of a break and waited till the old guys caught up with us so that we, we could show them the way again. And, um, and I hope they listen to this. And then, <laughs> and then we took off to get the checkpoint and, and we really didn't have any navigating problems for that, that entire, hike we were just slow and we, we yeah. in the end we finished that hike with three with two other teams um and um it was the one bit where i got dragged i got towed on that bit it was going so slow and it seemed to go forever the la i've heard other people say this to you that when when we thought we were getting to the pub it just took like at least an hour more than we thought so we was completely over it by the time we got to the pub the pub was closing <laughs> but they kept food for us and once again, at that transition area, the tents had blown away. So there was no shelter. They got blown mm. away in the same storm. So I don't know whether all the other teams had this, but we had no transition areas with, with, with cover because they'd all been blown away. Yeah. I well, really that... enjoyed the, the majority of that walk was just spectacular. The, the last bit was like you just want to get there. And we were pushing for time too because we wanted to make it to the pub and get going on the next leg before we got short-coursed. Yeah. No. But you guys, well, how were you? I mean, you weren't that close to being short course then, were you? Or was it getting, were you a little bit worried? Um, I think they they did a good job of telling us before. And yeah. I, I think from memory, it was like a 6.30 a.m. cutoff. So we got there at about 11 p.m. So we still had seven and a half hours or so. But we went to sleep and we slept in. So <laughs> we, um, I think we left at about... Uh, it was still dark, maybe 4 a.m. We were about two and a half hours off the cutoff, but we had we'd had lots more sleep than we than we needed at that or than we expected yeah. at that point. So so I'm sure they would have come and woke us up. But interestingly, the Chinese team hadn't arrived, and so they, everyone behind us got short course. And I think um, I suspect that we were the last or second last to leave that. And as you know, we you know we were the we we knew we were we knew we were towards the back, but we didn't really know how many people were behind us. Yeah, it's by that time in the race. Yeah, you, all you want to know is where you're at on the map. 
don't worry about anybody else. Oh, well, and, and we'd made, we'd made the um, cutoff because, like yeah. I said, there's no way we were going to have done all this training and look forward to, to pack rafting and, and we rented in pack rafts and, and there's no way we were going to miss that. So it was a huge relief when we got through the, we got through that, that cutoff and, and we were able to keep going. Did that kind of feel like a victory? For sure it did. Yeah, absolutely. So. It was really exciting when we when we did when we made that. We were very happy. And the next bike loop was just like a fast road and we we did that really well. I was really I've had a good few hours sleep and was feeling good now. Excited yeah. to keep going. To me, and, and tell me if I'm wrong, but that bike ride seemed like the only part of that whole race that was just getting from point A to point B. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. It's not bad. One one leg out of eight days is, you know, just, you know, get it done. So, was, And that was, gets you to the caves. It was, it was funny on the bike ride because the, the other team, the old guys, um, they told us they were going to stop for food on the way, and, and we read their race report. For some reason, they were convinced there was going to be a cafe, and so they, there wasn't. So they set off telling us they were going to get food, and uh, we overtook them, and we got to the caves just before them, which for us was a bit of an adventure. Um, it was a bit, of a, a bit of a win for us to be ahead of someone again. <laughs> so, well, I think uh, when I ran into you guys, I, you were pretty proud that you were the last team. Well, we we didn't. So we, when we got to the caves, there were about ten teams. There were lots of teams there, and and we everyone. Well, we didn't know at the time, but there'd been a hailstorm. We didn't we didn't get a hailstorm. Mm-hmm. We didn't have any of that. Yeah. All we saw was teams that were just covered in head to toe of mud. Like everyone was just really muddy, and and we got there at the end, and and we couldn't believe that there were still like so many teams. We were, suddenly we were back in it, and uh, and we jumped. We um, picked out. We had to pick four from five caves, I think, or five from six. Five from and, six. Okay. And we didn't. I didn't. I didn't really realize that they were rated different difficulties. So we just we just picked five caves. It turns out the first one we did was the second hardest cave. So we did that <laughs> one, and, and we couldn't. The maps were terrible. We hadn't quite met you yet, but we did the first two caves with the two smallest. And the first cave we jumped in, Helen went in first, and it was barely big enough for her to fit in. And we just went straight into a pool of water or mud, and then we just basically mm. had to shuffle through through mud that was, you know, covering us. And I, I we we thought that it was going to be tourist caves, and that we were going to go yeah. down a staircase with some lights and some stalactites, and you know, no, it was nothing like that. So by the no, time it was real caving. By the time we found you, we'd just come through this flattener. And I didn't think I got claustrophobic, but I have a whole new definition of the word claustrophobic <laughs> in that flattener. And, and um, we got through it. And bear in mind, because we were so far behind everyone, there was no one else around. We didn't really know if we were in the right cave or whether we had to go through here or whether there was even a checkpoint at the end of it. We just blindly went. And that was, that was good teamwork because I went through first. And um, I wouldn't have got through if the rest of the team wasn't you know, helping me get through. And we made the mistake of our last guy, of our biggest guy coming through last, Hugh. We should have sent him first because, you know, imagine if we'd have gone through that and then found out that he couldn't get through. But um, yeah, unlike some of the Kiwi teams, we were able to get through no problem at all. Yeah. 
We're so you said you didn't think you were claustrophobic, but you got a little bit while you're in there. How about you, Helen? Uh no, I I, I wasn't claustrophobic at all. I do I have done a lot of um, cave diving, scuba diving. It's very different from that, but yeah. um, it's like squeezing in tight places underwater with all your gear. So I've done a lot of that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I don't get it was I, the caving was one of my favorite. I have I laughed so much. I don't know whether that was partly because I was delirious, but just <laughs> everyone going through and I think it was really good. Our team we were having fun. We were really having a good time, and that was nice for our team to do that. Randy, that yeah. I went through first, and the whole team was laughing at me so hard because I was stuck. And and then the only thing that. I got them back at the end. Apart from Helen, who didn't, who liked the caves. The other two, at least, at least they stopped laughing when they came through the same bit that I've just been through too. There was definite quiet in that cave once everyone yeah. stuck in the middle of it. But mm. we got through it. We got out, and um, and that's actually when we met you. We were heading for our mm. third cave. Yep. And, and you were just so randomly walking. You, you saw around how far. Yeah, yeah. You saw how far I went in. That's. I'm. I'm good. I can be underground if it's big, but like the flattener, no, that 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 would never. And I've done, I have caved before. I've, in high have school, they had the caving in the adventure races before? I I was wasn't expecting it to be that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, I think in um, Borneo they did, in in Primal Quest in '09 here in the Black Hills they did, but it was that was like a tourist cave ish. Um, a little bit of crawling. Um, that one was a lot of levels, so it was actually kind of hard nabbing, but it wasn't much crawling. So, um, yeah, I, I think it, it really surprised people that it was real caving. And we did a short video with you that was lots of fun, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and you posted that pretty much straight away. So... I think the people following us had no idea where we were, and so all of a sudden they saw a video of us in a cave, and so there was lots of comments on that online. Obviously, we didn't know any of that. We just kept going and, and did the caves, and the maps were atrocious on the surface. I don't know. It was just it was it was it was almost random that you found the right cave. But we did we did the caves. Um, we didn't have any any trouble once we'd done the first two. Oh, so we met we met the um, we met the old guys in the cave, and. Um, we we were they weren't planning on doing the flattener and so <laughs> we convinced them. Um, I think it was Hugh and I to be honest. We convinced them that they had to go and see the flattener and they had to take their camera because it was the highlight of our trip so far. And so we laughed for the next like six hours about what we'd done to them. And and they've they've published a race report and they they actually couldn't get through in the end. But they um. Yeah, we still stay in contact with them, and it, it certainly provided humor for us to think that we'd sent them, <laughs> sent them off into sent the them down there. It's something they'll never forget, and I'm sure one day they'll thank us for it. Yeah, well, yeah, it, the uh, time has a way of uh, making things better. <laughs> so how Absolutely. was how so? Got done with all that, and then it's time for pack rafting. How was how was how was that next twenty hours of paddling for you? Your turn, Helen. I think the hike 
carrying all the gear, I think it was there was a bit of reluctance from us all wanting to carry so much extra gear. And there's probably a lot to learn from being more lightweight in what you carry. Mm -hmm. But I think when you take longer to do each leg, you kind of need a little bit more stuff than what you yeah. would if it only takes you half the amount of time. But I think the hike was – but going through the boulders, that was just spectacular, really lovely, and I really enjoyed hiking down to the river. What I didn't enjoy was the fact that we did an extra up and back down again when we could have just stayed at the oh, followed the river. Stayed, yeah. So you like came up that red trail and then back down, something like that. Yeah, there was a bit of misunderstanding with the navigators of saying I don't know because I didn't hear, but we had thought that that area wasn't. We weren't able to go to travel through that area, but that area I think was just you weren't able to sleep in that area. But we thought we had to go back up and down. Yeah. So, I, I well, think, you know, I think that was the only point where it was dangerous. We, we we that was dark, and I think we must have missed an easier way through the boulders because we were we were probably taking risks that we didn't really want to. And uh, yeah. if, if we'd have got hurt in there, it would have been a real problem. But yeah. Um, well, you know, yeah. But I don't think that many teams actually. I think a lot of well, you know, a lot of them ended up leaving their gear at the top and going down and coming back up, and you know, and getting a penalty. But uh, yeah, but at least you guys did it the pure way. Well, we did even more. We went down and up twice with packs. Just, but and then, but <laughs> so, it didn't. It didn't slow us down in the end. It just. It just got us tired because we couldn't have rafted anyway when we got down there because it was still dark so we tried okay. to sleep up the top but it was it was it was in single figures in sense in celsius it was really cold we didn't really sleep and we got down at first light in the bottom and there was the other team the the, the old guys they they'd been behind us and they caught up because they'd just they'd done the easy bit so we were just more tired but we set off at about the same time you know not not long after mm -hmm. dawn on our on our pack raft and we were super excited the old guys went the wrong way. I don't know how you can go up a creek <laughs> for a bit. <laughs> and then they came back, yeah. and we kind of went down together. And, um, you know, we were really excited for the first rapid. We were less excited for the second. And after that, we were pretty much, we just, we, we, it was a bit disappointing because there wasn't enough water. So we just ended up dragging, and it, it was just, like you said, it was just hours and hours and hours mm -hmm. of um, rafting. In raft so, that, that ugh, the last thing I want to do is go pack rafting again in the in the near future. Yeah, well, my unless there's water. My expectations of the pack raft were were a lot higher than what it actually was, but we did have some very exciting moments. I was paddling in the boat with Hugh, and we were going over a particular rapid, and he disappeared off the back of the boat and as he disappeared back he grabbed to try and hold it and he grabbed hold of the zip which was the quick deflation of the raft so he pulled it open and suddenly I'm in waist deep water with the raft is deflated fully and our bags are floating downstream and the boat's filling up with water and we're stuck on the rocks trying to figure out how we're going to get this thing back up and 
inflated again. So stuff like that's quite exciting, really. Yeah. Well, it wakes you up anyway. And, and when we got um, this is, I guess, one of the advantages of being at the back of the pack. We um, and and um, we can't really get penalised anymore for saying this, but Helen managed to convince the guys running the um, the transit or not the, the checkpoint to um, heat some water up for us, so we had a hot meal because we hadn't taken our, our jet boil with us for that bit. So mm. we had a hot meal. The old guys turned up, and um, and then we all set off again. But the last bit, as we got into the dam. Once again, the wind was just gale force, and, and those rafts were so hard to paddle, we almost were stood still again. And once yeah. again, I don't know how the other teams were, but we just, every time we went on a paddle, we seemed to be going into the wind. So we didn't get to the transition until it was dark again, and it was cold. And this, is, this was the box that we got to for the first time since we, I told you early on we were in the torrential rain. So we got there and all of our clothes were wet. We didn't have any dry clothes, any towels, anything. And so we were in wet clothes and we only had wet clothes and it was cold. So yeah. we just went to bed in the tent and then got up and put wet clothes on again. And, you know, we, our idea was to set off at, at, at two or three o'clock. And the other guys, the old guys had set off before us and they had, for some reason, turned around and come back and they told us that the first, and this is when we were in normal kayaks, they told us that the first, the first um, rapid was too dangerous and that they couldn't do it and that we wouldn't be able to get over it. And so by the time we got, mm. we had to portage the, the kayaks down the, down the dam wall. We got to our first rapid, and I think everyone said this. It, it, we got there in the dark. It was just nearly dawn, but it was still dark, and it was foggy. You could hardly see it, and all you could hear was like the Niagara Falls. And it felt like we were about to go over the Niagara Falls. And Derek and Hugh were in the three-person, and they they made a mistake, and they ended up getting stuck and they on weeds on the top, and they went down sideways down that rapid, and they didn't fall in. So we figured if you could do it sideways and not fall in, then we'd be fine. We went down it, and it was fine. And um, other than I think Helen and Derek fell in on one of the rapids, we just we just then paddled forever, and that yeah. that. I think that was the low point for me. We just paddled for hours and by we just kept going. And then and then once again it got windy and we just spent all day paddling. All day paddling for that town of I think it was narrow. But we did have an exciting yeah. bit at that the town, didn't we, Helen? Yes, this was one of my favourite moments because I had done all that paddling, my arms were so tired and I'm trying to lift the kayak out and this random person who I had no idea came running up to me and said, was like so excited to see me and he's going, Helen, Helen, we're so excited, we've been following you guys and the other team, they're just behind you, you've got to keep going and I was just kind of in a bit of shock of who are these people and how do they know what we're doing? Yeah. Um, this is a dot watching fan, and he was just wanted to talk. And obviously, it's easy for him to pick the girl out and talk to the girl because you know he can recognize. And he yeah. was just so fascinated to talk to us about our story and wanted to hear and encouraging us and saying, you know, you can do it, you can get to the end now. And he was just so excited for us. That's oh. it. Got to give you a little boost for the rest of the day, doesn't it? Oh, it, it, I think that really does give you the boost that you just go, yes, we can do this. And 
we've got to just keep moving to get this so we can finish. Yeah. So when when you get out of the kayak, you still got 100k a bike and 18k a trekking. Did did you kind of feel like yeah we got it made or or we no, are going to be able to do this? No, this was the realization that we realize now that we would not be able to stop to sleep at all during this night if we were going to make it with any kind of time of getting to the finish line. And we were just thinking we've got to, we can't make any navigational areas. We need to stay on top of this and we need to keep moving through. So it was... I think I think this was the transition area where while we were there I went up to the to the guys manning it and I said to them look we're going to finish this race what what are our options can we can we miss some checkpoints will we be will we be unranked we want to stay ranked what you know we're trying to come up with some plans and they made mm -hmm. a phone call to the to the um to the HQ and that basically the message came back was get your ass into gear get going you're going to do this so we weren't given any choices they just said you've got to finish that's it so we jumped on our bikes and went and had chicken and chips, I think, or we went to a takeaway shop, and then we just went and we just, we, as Helen said, we just, we just mountain bike now up the biggest hill we've ever been up, and it got dark. It was sunset, and we just went through the night, and we couldn't do a sleep that night. We, um, I think, we had ten minutes or ten minutes once and twenty minutes once, and there was only one tricky bit. We got to this. Um, area and it's some power lines and it just didn't make sense and the compass was going funny under the power lines too um and we were so tired um we we found it we found our way through but it it it, it was a there was a bit of a weird spot where we where we where we were completely blind and you could see past people had bashed past everywhere up there so it obviously wasn't just us and unbeknown to us both of our trackers were broken we went through something like four trackers, five trackers in the race, and, and they just kept stopping working. So nobody knew where we were. So we, we actually went fairly fast. We got all the way down the hill, um, and we arrived at the last transition area, and the girl that was manning it had no idea. She wasn't expecting it. She, we had to call out to her. She, I don't know, she was in the car, and, and um, she gave us a new tracker and sent us off, and it was really encouraging. Um, whoever that was, thank you. And um, we went off and we actually started to run a little bit on the beach. And because uh, we knew that we the we had less than five hours to go, and the average time to finish the last um, the last segment was five hours. So we didn't think we were going to do it, and we're like, we can't come all this way. But luckily for us, the tide was out. So the bit where you had to cross the the lagoon. Um, mm -hmm. Well, it was, well, we had to we had to swim. That we wasn't completely shallow, but but we basically walked across most of it. And so we 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 did it in I don't know close to record time. When you look at this, when you look at the times, even though we were seven, we were on our eighth day. Um, yeah, we did it much faster than everyone expected. And so, you know, we we realised that we were going to get there. And and this is where we met. Um, the, the, the other team was still behind us, but they weren't going to make it. Um, they weren't going to make it before the time was up. And we had this this guy turn up in a in a pickup truck in a Ute, and he he said to us, "My wife's been following you, and she's told me that I need to come down and 
and, and offer you some stuff. And he had cans of soft drink and he had um, ice blocks and packets of chips and um, yeah. in the back of his car. And he gave us all this food. And so we just stood there and ate <laughs> and drank everything that he gave us. Um, and then as we walked through town, all the locals, there were so many people that were cheering us. I guess by then, everyone had figured out what dot watching was. And so yeah. I wouldn't, the streets were kind of lined with people encouraging us. Yeah. It was really, really good that last couple of hours. Yeah, yeah it's kind of an amazing... It, it just... It, it's, you know, it's such a niche sport and nobody knows about it. So when you get that kind of response, it's it's really fun. We, we, were, we were pretty sore and tired. I mean, we finished with 90 minutes to go before the course was supposed to close. I know they left it open a little bit, but we were so tired. that We, would, we, all, we all went through ups and downs, but that the, uh, most of the team was really struggling at that point, so we weren't going anywhere particularly fast, and yet, and yet we did it quicker than others, so I can only imagine what the teams that had really pushed really hard must have been feeling at that moment. Yeah. It was yeah. a kind of surreal moment when you actually cross the finish line and you think, is this it? Are we... Are we actually done? Like, what happens now? <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it it is kind of bittersweet because you've put all this time and effort, training, eight days of doing it, and then it's kind of like, now what, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So now what? <laughs> you got it. You guys got it. I mean, we know it. You know, Steve. Steve's got some things. Do you have anything planned, Helen? Uh well, I mean, the hardest thing for me last year was managing my work along with my kids because I have I'm a single mum with the kids full time, so it's just tricky for me to manage to be able to get training and be able to get the time off. And I'm very lucky to have some great family and friends who have supported me a lot through last year to look after the kids and help me out. But I can't do quite as much this year but I definitely yeah. want to continue to ch train when I can and I would like to do GeoQuest and perhaps a race like Wildside as well so we'll just see as the year goes on but we have just booked a trip Steve and I to do another row game okay so that's, so, that's, you'll, that's yeah. over in New Zealand so we thought we'd go and show them how to do it so the Australasian Rogaine champs are on in February next next month. So we we're going there for a couple of days, and uh, yeah, and with a bit of luck, we'll get some mountain biking in there too. Yeah. So, okay, remember when you asked me how long it would be, and I said an hour, unless it was uh, interesting. So this was an interesting one. <laughs> yeah. That's good. We think it's interesting. We we've loved we've loved that last year. We would never. Never had heard of adventure racing, other than that eco eco challenge years ago on TV. Yep. Didn't know what it was and just progressed, you know. And we just basically dedicated last year to all this fun stuff, and it wasn't boring at all. All this training that we did was every single part of it was fun, you know. The, the places we've been, and now we we always said it, we always laughed at the end of this. We now own the best camping gear that anyone could ever get. You know, we don't even need to take a tent with us anymore. We just take a plastic bag and just sleep in it. And so, you look back to how we were. We went on a hiking trip two years ago, and, and the stuff we took was so heavy. Now we would just turn up and probably run it and just do it. You know, just sleep yeah. on sleep on the path. 
Well, you don't need to sleep. It's only a weekend. <laughs> when we met you in the caves, Randy, I didn't really even have an idea of who you were or what was happening and why you wanted to talk to us in the cave. I was just like, okay, whatever. <laughs> so, well, you know what? I Adventure racing is more than the Seagates and the AMKs and the Tech News and... and uh, I, it, for me, that was the best part of of the whole World Championships. It was is there were so many teams that I could always find interesting people and and three or four teams at one place. So, um, and you were just you were one of those interesting teams. You know, the other thing that would be fascinating, and if I had the time and I wasn't able to actually compete in the race, I would love to be able to volunteer and see all the people coming through and the stages. And, you know, you would learn a lot from watching all these other people, how they do it, and watching the different, you know, dynamics of the teams coming through, the transitions and how they're going about everything. It would be really interesting to see it as a spectator. I prefer to compete, but if I wasn't able yeah. to, it would be interesting. Yeah, because it's um, – and that's the one thing that – the top 10, 15 teams, they're in and out of the transition so fast. Um, like when I, you know, with AMK, they they literally don't talk for the whole, I mean, the transition because they all know exactly what they're doing and just get it done and go. Yeah. We've got, right. a bit of, got a bit of learning to do before we could do that. <laughs> well, you know, you'll get there. I have no doubt. You have the right attitude. All right. Okay, well, well we're going to go. Great to talk to you. It is. Um, we, we might have to talk when you get back from China, Steve, because it might be fun to hear about your adventures there. So six or eight months from now, maybe we'll chat again. How's that sound? That uh, sounds fine. We'll see how I go. I'm looking forward okay. to it. Thanks, well, Randy. Have fun. Thank both of you and everybody else. You know, go fast, take chances, and do the world championships next year. See you. See you guys. Bye. See you. Bye. Bye.